Today's NBA podcast is brought to you by our newest presenting sponsor, and that's the Young Tennis Players Project. Now, the Young Tennis Players Project retails sports apparel that not only facilitates young athletes receiving tennis lessons, but also provides a revenue-sharing opportunity to members who participate in the project. And with no upfront costs, there's no risk. It's all upside. You're helping kids learn the game of tennis and also making a few dollars along the way for yourself. So visit www.ytp.tennis. That's www.ytp.tennis tp.tennis to find out more information and to learn how to sign up today. And today's podcast is also brought to you by our good friends at InTheGymRange.com. Now, my buddy John and I are going to talk plenty of NBA in this upcoming podcast, but In The Gym Range is also a great site for in-depth information on the high school, college, and NBA games. So make sure you visit them as well by going to InTheGymRange.com, or you can simply click on the Friends and Sponsors section of the homepage on the Hail to the District website. And now, on to the podcast. Welcome to the Hail to the District podcast with your host, Rajan Nanavati. Welcome to another episode of the Hail to the District podcast. I'm Rajan, and I'm joined by my buddy John tonight to talk about the NBA. The third member of our usual trio of basketball discussion, Neil, is under the weather. So it'll be the two of us trudging onwards tonight, and we'll catch up with Neil on a later episode. But meanwhile, John and I were just discussing the uh, latest scintillating offensive performance from the Wizards while the uh, Wizards 76ers game is going on in the background. John, we amicably agreed not to discuss the Wizards given their recent struggles. Do we? I guess we have to uh, continue with that. The only point I would make is that I am actually slightly more confident in their bench this year than I was last last year. That's the shit taco turd sandwich conundrum. But yeah, sure. Let's we'll, we'll go with that. It's it's a it's a shit taco with a nice hot sauce. So at least there's the hot sauce. So for tonight's episode, full disclosure, we're both big fans of the Bill Simmons podcast and Bill Simmons in general, as well as reoccurring guest on the podcast and DC's Finest Joe House. So what we decide is that we're going to borrow their last podcast idea, and we're going to basically do a list of the top 25 players for the 2017 season to date. So the wrinkle we're implementing in our selection criteria for this top 25 is essentially if we had to win a basketball game that was taking place this evening with everything on the line, this is how we'd rank the guys we would want to have on our team from first to 25, uh, from one through 25. Um, So given that there is 25 of them, we'll try to keep the pace moving. And kind of like Simmons and House did, we'll start with the best because those first five or six or seven guys are pretty easy. But after that's really where it gets interesting. So we'll get enough of the jibber-jabber. Let's kind of dive into the rankings. Um, number one is Nikola Mirotic. I'm sorry. Sorry. That was for you, Neil. It's Bobby Portis. It's, it's got to be Bobby Portis. Portis. It's Bobby Portis. Definitely Bobby Portis. It's Bobby Portis. If he's right-handed, then it's the right-handed haymaker. That's the best player in the NBA right now. No, number one is LeBron James. Um, I, I, LeBron, he's, he's having a killer year. Like he's, This is one of his best years ever, and he's in what what season? I think it's 15. Like 15? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. He just does not slow down. This is the third best PER of his career right now at this point in the season. It's absolutely ridiculous. Um, my favorite LeBron wrinkle that he's implemented this year is that like he's handing out tall glasses of like um, 
you know, shut the fuck up juice to everyone. When when people are like, oh, this guy might challenge LeBron, or this guy's kind of like LeBron, or this team might ha- like you know might be a challenge to the Cavaliers. He goes and he just dump trucks them, kind of like we did with the Wizards with the fifty-seven point game, like he did the other night with the Seventy Sixers. I mean, yeah. he he's just he's just doling out punishment. There's nobody playing better than him right now. Um, th- that's easy. Yeah, and he's doing it with, a, again, another subpar supporting cast in Cleveland. Except I did hear that uh, Isaiah Thomas might be back in mid-December, which is completely shocking to me. Yeah, considering there was... I, I thought it was lucky he'd be back in January. Right. There was legitimate talk that he might not be back till like, yeah, the spring. If or or, or make even, even miss the whole season. Right. So for them to even think that he's going to be back in, like, two, three weeks is... That's kind of scary because they're, they're actually playing pretty well together. And the only reason they're playing well together is LeBron James is by far the best player on the planet. Yeah, it's not particularly close. So, so, But I still find it funny that he's he's not the favorite to win the MVP. So let's get to that because I'm curious who you have at number two. I know who Simmons well, and House had at number two. Um, I want to see who you had at number two. I, I have Durant at two just because I, I love Durant. Yeah, he does everything, and then even like, um, uh, what's what's the terrible analytics site on ESPN five thirty one or whatever it is? Yeah, five thirty eight. Um, yeah, yeah. Th- th- they they did something on you know top defenders, and Kevin Durant was on their list, and I'm like, yeah, he is on that list because he's freaking phenomenal when he when he wants to play defense, he's he's the best because he's so freaking long, he can guard anybody. And he's quick. And then on offensive end, nobody can stop him. Yeah, I'm going to go with a guy that's averaging 35, 10, and 5 in the month of November and shooting 44% from three while hucking up 12 three-pointers a game. That's James Harden, 11 three-pointers a game. Yeah, um, he's he's out of control this year, and I, in, a, in a good way. He's incredible. I our, Do you have a number three? I assume you have a number three? That's my number three would be Harden. Yeah, so our number two and number three are just flip-flopped, essentially. Um Leading the NBA, 31.7 points per game and 9.8 assists per game as of Tuesday morning. He's just ridiculous this year. His PER is almost the same as LeBron's. He put up 20 points in the first quarter against Brooklyn on Monday. Like, And, and he's doing this without Chris Paul and the assets that they gave up to get Chris Paul. I, I It's funny. Like, I mean, everyone knows Houston's playing really well, but I don't think people realize that they since October 30th, they're 11-1. and one. They're really good. I think well, there's so many other storylines in the NBA to discuss. And then there was like Boston's win streak and all that stuff. But like Houston's really, really freaking good. Whether they can do it in the playoffs is a different matter. But, you know, yeah. Right. But that's why like Harden has like a 72% probability of winning the MVP at, at this time, which I'm like, you know, how can you really pick an MVP in November? Right. But LeBron's number two with like a 12% probability. I saw and I was like, which I I just think's crazy because I I just don't see how you can't consider LeBron like a fifty fifty like it should be like a a one a one one a type. I would love to know what discussion odds you could get for him to put money on LeBron. I I need to look that up because uh, I would consider betting that right just because like it, I think it by the end of the year the the voters have to get their heads out of their asses and be like, you know, we haven't been voting for this guy because he just would win it every, every year. If we year. honestly voted how, how we should vote. 
but they don't because they want to have some variety. But Harden, Harden is playing out of his freaking mind. I'm a big sucker for stories like he lost a little bit of weight and now he's playing really well. And reportedly, James Harden lost like 12, 10 to 12 pounds this summer. So now he's like, he's a little faster, he's a little quicker, he's playing better defense. For some reason, I just eat that shit up, no pun intended. I'm like, yeah, that, that, that's, that's some good stuff right there. Like, I appreciate that. You're not, you're not messing around with the Kardashian anymore and putting on a bunch of weight in the process. Like, good for you. You're headed in the right direction. Should always head in the opposite direction from a Kardashian. Yes, absolutely. Always. All right, so we got two and three covered. Who do you got at four? I have Giannis. Yeah, I think Giannis is pretty pretty he's solidly just, the four number four right there. I he's love just freaking disgusting. I love what people say about him. Like he's averaging thirty, ten, and just under five right now, and they're like, he still doesn't know what he's doing. Right. Like, this is just the freakish athleticism. He's what I think he's twenty. He's twenty two right now. Like he's is like he's start going to start hitting his prime in about two years, considering what he's doing right now. That's actually really really scary. Right. Yeah. He'll be twenty three in a week. Okay. So he's turning twenty three very shortly. Yep. Has he really been in this league for four years now? Doesn't feel yep. like that long. Well, no way. Yeah, it does. It does. But I mean the. I don't know that Milwaukee just scares me. I mean, now now that they've got um, Bledsoe, they actually have a, a real point guard, and eventually they get Jabari back, and then they have Giannis. I mean, they're just a they're just a wild team. You know, Giannis is just all arms. He just uh, he just reaches at the basket. He doesn't shoot at it. He just kind of reaches out out like Mister Elastic and just boom, it's in the hoop. Yeah. You know, with Detroit crashing the party, the top five or six of the East, and Philadelphia crashing the party as well, it's kind of congested up there. Like It's, not it's so really much, congested. Not so much like, like, oh, the Wizards are going to get the top four lock. Like, no, no they so might much. not even make the playoffs. Like That's like a legitimate fear of mine is that they don't even make the playoffs because even behind the Wizards, you have like Charlotte and India, Indiana who aren't terrible. No, Indiana's 12 and, and 9. And Heat. I mean, these aren't bad teams. I mean, any one of these teams can definitely go on a run and, and kind of step things up. At least Orlando's so. kind of found their place again. Yeah. After their hot start to the season. I still, I, I just, well, actually, Indiana's, the Wizards are currently in eighth spot right now behind Milwaukee and the Pacers. Um, but the Knicks are freaking 10 and 10. Yeah. All right, who, uh, do, you, who do you got at five? So, I think... I'm still kind of. This is where this is. I started. This, this is where here. it gets a little interesting because yeah. if you had to do it today, I guess I couldn't pick this guy, but I could pick this guy because I think that he's not hurt, and that's Kawhi. Yeah, I, I just s- don't believe it. I don't. I think that they're just kind of sitting him just to just to be extra cautious. They're like, yeah, we're in no hurry. It's still the preseason. Season doesn't start till Christmas. Yeah, I got. I I completely agree. Um, I think they are playing possum a little bit. I struggled with this because um, I don't have Kawhi at five. I have him not too far from here. But even with him basically not playing at all this year because of his ability, and again going back to the premise of like if I need to win a game, it's really hard to envision a world where I'm not going to have Kawhi Leonard on my team, considering he's a freaking the sharktopus on on defense. Um, I have number five. I put Steph Curry for as original or unoriginal as it is. 
Actually, I, I botched my because uh, sh- I'm looking at my comparisons. I actually had Steph at five. Oh, yeah, I, Steph at five as I, well. Kawhi at seven because I knocked him down for not playing. It's exact logic. It's funny. I have Kawhi at seven as well. So um, Steph actually leads a team right now, even though Durant's got a higher P. No, Steph's got a higher PER as well. He leads, Steph leads a team 26 points per game, higher PER. The lowest turnover ratio, according to advanced analytics of his career, second highest true shooting percentage of his career, and that's even considering he's kind of had like a little bit of a slow start to the season so far. So right. he hasn't had like that. Holy crap! Steph Curry's lighting the world on fire game. Yeah, yeah, he's not just like unconscious every single game, like everything is going in. I, I mean, so so Clay's made more threes than. Um, than Steph has. He's made 73. Steph's made 67. You know, he just hasn't had that game where you're like, holy crap, he made 10 threes in this game. Yeah, or he has eight threes at halftime. Something obscenely. He's just been really freaking good every night. I wonder if those days are over. And I'm not saying that from a like, oh, Steph doesn't have it anymore. They're over because of the team construction. Exactly, become the the construct of the current team as it is. And because they don't give a crap right now. Yeah, I mean... That's, like, that's did you did thing. you watch the Boston game? I did not. Okay, I, I know of the, the storyline, but I did not watch the game. So they should have destroyed the Celtics. They really should have destroyed the Celtics. the The shots just didn't fall. Yeah. And then when it came like crunch time, they were just in cruise control mode because they thought they had the game handled, and they just didn't care. You just looked at their their faces, and they were like, "Eh, whatever." It wasn't a playoff you know, game for them. They just they had they had zero interest. Whereas. The Celtics were playing like their life depended on it. They were going at 110, and the and you know the uh, the Golden State Warriors were just in the in the cruising lane. They're just sitting off to the right in the highway, just going 45. You know. God damn it! <laughs> Hate those people. Yes. Well, at least they were in the right lane. They weren't in the left lane. Yeah. But so seven. I had. I have um, or get, six. I mean, yeah. I have. Anthony Davis. You have Anthony Davis. Okay, I really I struggled with Anthony Davis. He's a, he's actually a good bit further down on my list. Um, I wrestled with six f- with I would say well in, between Curry, um, Kawhi, one other guy. But I hate myself for doing this. I've got Kyrie at six. Oh, see. My Kyrie hatred dropped him out of the top ten. Yeah, just for, the, but I'm like, man, he is playing really good. Yeah. So my legit, my point on this, I mean, all right, fine. There's 23, five, and three every game, but the fact that he's kind of given them, like, given Boston that alpha dog swag, he's if that you will. Leader. He's he's the leader. He's come in and he's just like, like, fuck it, we're the best. And, like, I'm not afraid of anything. We have the best team. I'm playing within the scheme. I'm going to try on defense. Like, I'm the leader. I'm the guy. You're my team. And I'm going to be the superstar that's going to make the shit run. And the rest of the team works so perfectly cohesively because he kind of fits into that. He fits in with them, but he can still kind of do his freelance thing. Um, Yeah, he can still get a basket at will and drive at the – and just throw garbage up that magically goes in. He sc- and get you a bucket anytime. Scored twenty points on fifty percent shooting in five straight games. Wow! Um, it's so it's not even just like volume scoring, which we were kind of used to from seeing. Right, you yeah. would expect like him shooting forty percent. Yeah, 
uh, objectively, and like I said, same hatred applies here, but I was like, I really struggled with this one, but I couldn't in good conscience put him behind some of the other guys in the list. I was like, I, I couldn't make a good argument saying like, okay, he should be further I down. just did it out of straight spite. I know, I'm all about the spite. I'm 100% with you on the spite. Yeah, um, I, I literally, I just couldn't do it. I just, I just hate him so much. And I hate the Celtics so much. And it's like one of these scenarios where I'm like, of course he looks good on that team. They're well coached. They have talent and everybody cares. And they have athletic players that can switch on anybody who wouldn't fit in that scenario. But not only that, he's not going there and being a malcontent about it or not even trying to be like the super – like he's not being a, a ball hog, if you will. Like he's right. going in there – Which I like, I thought he would be. Right. Yeah. I thought it would be a little bit of like you know uh, oil and water. But again, good coach. Yeah. You know, he's never had a good coach. Name one good coach he's had. No, he's never had one, no. I mean, I think Mike okay, Brown gets coach a lot K. more hate. Yeah. Coach K. Oh, that was for like three but, minutes. But he played like five games there. Yeah, exactly. I think Mike Brown gets more hate than he, he should. I, I don't think Mike Brown's a good head coach. I think he's much more of a good tactician. But um, that notwithstanding. All right, so we have five, six, and seven. Who do you got at eight? I think this is where it really starts to get kind of a little bit of a toss-up. Well, I had to sl- I had to slide somebody out, and I I I went on the the boogie train. You went on the boogie train, yeah, yeah I, buddy. I uh, I thought about this one. He's killing it. Boogie's I got so we're at eight. I got boogie at nine. Um, boogie is killing it. I was watching something. I think it was uh, the Rachel Nichols show on ESPN. Like I can't remember what the name of that show is, but Paul Pierce is on it or was on this particular episode, and he he said Boogie is his MVP for the for so far this season. Which okay, that's fine. But I mean, it just is a testament to how well Boogie's playing. Yeah. No. I mean, he's he's amazing. Like so, he's shooting. He's he's putting up twenty five points. 12 and a half rebounds and still dishing like five assists. The fi- three point shooting's not been great. It's been, it's, he's actually only shooting like 30%. But it's not but bad. He's just doing, it's not bad, but it's not as, it's not that good for him. He can do better. That's the scary part. Yeah, so but I have Boogie at nine. I struggled between him and the guy that I have at number eight. I really like went back and forth. Um, the my favorite thing about Boogie is he in the uh, in the loss to Golden State in in the New Orleans loss. Look at his stat line. He had fifteen points, seven rebounds, five boards, four assists, and a steal in thirty minutes. Like he did everything. And this is with Draymond chirping at him all game long. Like you know, Draymond didn't shut up the whole time, nope. and he's trying to agitate him. And he still played a really good game. Um, the only reason I bumped him down a little bit was because one, New Orleans is just a tick over 500, which, which I'm going to talk a lot more about Anthony Davis. Um, two, he's cooled off. He was almost 30 points <coughs> a game in October. And he dropped down to 23 and a half in on November so far. So I'm like, all right, it was much more. It was a little more buoyed by a hot start. But um, at so I got Boogie at nine, but number eight, I got Porzingis. I I can dig that. I actually I had. I had the zinger at ten because he is. I the Knicks are ten and ten. Yep, and it's all just him. because of him. It's like him. they have literally. I can't name. I really can't name anybody with good, good conscience other than Tim Hardaway Jr. No, Hernan Gomez is playing well there too. Yeah, and there's Kyle O'Quinn's actually doing things, and Michael Beasley, and but that's garbage. Yeah, there's literally it's there. It's it's you have you have an all star and. 
bench players. The whole rest of the team is bench players. There isn't a single starter on that team outside of him, and they're have they're at five hundred. He's fourth in points per game, and he's first in blocks. blocks. Number two in scoring per forty eight minutes. Wow! Yeah, yeah, he's killing it. He's I, kill- and and if you look at his career lines, just every year better and better. He's, that's a big thing. He's getting better. So. Um, I wrote somebody offered me a freelance opportunity. I wrote like a quick summary comparing him. I think he, I think he went three or four in that 2015 draft versus Carl Anthony Towns. And Towns has kind of gone up and down. He looks like an EKG. He'll go up and then he'll go down. And they'll go up and he'll go down. But point being, he's kind of flat. Not only is flatline because it implies he's dead, but like he hasn't really progressed that much. Whereas Porzingis is continually like just getting better and better. He's as we said, he's already number he's already uh, number one in the NBA in blocks. He's still getting better on defense. He can play he can play in the paint. He averages more blocks than Anthony Davis. I mean, think about that. Yeah, right. Yeah, he can play on the wing. And I think my favorite thing about him is he's completely like I don't know he's twenty two or something like that. And he's like, no, I don't mind being the man in New York City. I'm fine. Put it all on me. I got this. I I think that he meant more to his team and his team's success than necessarily Boogie did, and that's why I gave him the nod over Boogie Cousins. Not to take any anything away from our good friend Boogie, except for the fact that now the New Orleans won't trade him to us. No, not yet, but you know there's still a lot of time left in this season for New Orleans to get desperate and trade him. True. Not know, for the, I mean, if things just start falling apart. Not for the poop of putter we have, but... Well, I don't... Well, we, that's a whole nother topic. A whole other topic. I don't we'll know that one. who else could trade for him. Neil threw out one scenario, but there's another person that could fill that same scenario that is in a worse situation that we won't get into. But I'm looking at that 2015 draft, and he was Porzingis was fourth, and it was Towns, D'Angelo Russell, Okafor, and then the Zinger, and then Mario Hazonia. Yep. And Willie Colley Stein. Man, that's such a terrible draft. I the kid crying when they drafted Porzingis will forever be etched into people's memories, especially when Porzingis maybe ends up being the best player of that group of six. And and the sad part was I remember watching that draft and going, Yeah, I don't know about this one. Yep. I think we all had too much Nicolas Skidishvili, you know, redux where like you just you didn't was, trust Euros anymore. Jan Vesely yeah, yeah. killed all Euros. Like I just don't want anything to do with them. But now you got the the Jokic's and and the the Zinger um, and and uh, the Nurkic's that are bringing bringing hope back to the European uh, states. As a quick aside, I'm so glad that teams finally or people finally realize that Jonas Valanciunas sucks. The guy taken right ahead of Jan. Like I, I sat there and I watched oh, yeah, Toronto there. for this long, and I'm like. Jonas sucks. Like, why are we still trying to make this happen? Be like, no, no, he just needs more time. And finally this year, they're like, no, I think Jonas really sucks. Yeah, yeah everybody kind of agrees. Like, because like one of the big trade w- rumors I w- was like, how can we dump his salary and yeah. and move on? So it's like, let's let's send him to to Phoenix for Tyson Chandler just to get rid of him. Right. That's that's where we at. He's he's kind of a God willing Jan Mahinmir and Andrew Nicholson. Like now we have right. to it's, pay someone get- to get rid of him. Well, they, I don't think they'd have to necessarily give a first-round pick to get rid of him like a Jan Mahimi, but you could say, give us your crappy expiring veteran you know, contract, and you can have this guy that you can maybe get something out of. Maybe. Yeah. But he's still better than Jan. Oh, God. 
with. Jan had no discernible basketball skill besides jumping. Yeah, they're like, oh my god, he can dunk, and I'm like, so can a bunch of college basketball players. Yeah, his literal skill set was jumping. It's not like Kawhi Leonard was in that draft that we could have had that. Uh, Who do you got at 10? So I had... So I had Porzingis at 10. I I had Russell Westbrook at 9. You had Russell Westbrook. I have Westbrook at 10. So we're very close. So we're very close on that. Yeah. Which I could get talked into because, like, Simmons in in house had Porzingis at 13. I was like, no way. There's no way. Like, that's way too low. Way too low. The guy's just killing it. I think Giannis has taken away from, like, like Giannis is kind of hoarding the spotlight in the sense of, like, the unicorn, quote unquote. And I'm like, I just. I don't think Chris, Chris Porzingis is getting his full due of how good he really is. And he's, like this, he's not getting it. He's, he's not. not getting a whole lot of publicity. And I mean, he's really, really freaking good. And uh, I would take him, like, if my life depended on it, I would have to really, really hard time going between Porzingis and Cousins. Like, I'd have to go back and forth. But I'm like, over any of the rest of the guys on this, absolutely. Like, without thinking twice. Including Russell Westbrook. Yeah. Russell... They just haven't figured their stuff out. They haven't. That's the big thing. I agree. I mean, he's still a killer. So, like, if you're if you're trying to build like a unstoppable team, that's he's you absolutely want him on there. If you want, like, yeah, you know, there's no way in God's green earth that we're losing this game. You want Russell Westbrook, but exactly to your point, like, I just feel like buzz them. They're they're just they haven't figured it out yet. No, no. I mean, Paul George is, is – I think Paul George is finding his role. Um, I think he's fitting in as that you know kind of second fiddle. But they, they still have a lot of work to do. He's put up 19 shots in five straight games so far, at least 19 shots in five straight games. But in, def- in his defense, he also has nine assists and nine rebounds in, in, in uh, those he's five still games almost as well. He's still doing, doing the triple-double thing Without trying. Yeah. Like without – consciously trying and excluding teammates to yeah. do so um so inter- that's why i had nine interesting wrinkle they're also second in the nba in defensive efficiency which is interesting as i said so if they get it together they could be you know they'll they'll be something to watch towards the course of the season but um yeah i just i think it's a little but bit of- like kind of the problem with like the 24 7 like the NBA has been in our face yep. nonstop since last October. Yeah. Like it hasn't stopped, and we're we're kind of like we're last season has never ended. It's just no. flowed into now, and we expect them all to be playing at at this high level. And we forget that November basketball is terrible, and December basketball is pretty much terrible. And it's say. not till christmas that they all figure this out wait for the next few weeks it's going to be pretty pretty god-awful and then you still have the quote-unquote dog days of like right before all-star break where people are kind of i mean some people are just mailing in waiting for the break and you know to the other side outside of the few are trying to make their case to get in right. not that so the thunder have plenty of time to figure this out yeah i think it's real it's really really short-sighted for people to be like oh a plus b plus c equals great on basketball like there is chemistry that actually is a thing Absolutely. So, um, I have Davis at 11. This is where he landed for me. Okay. Um, I, so I, I'm a big Anthony Davis fan. I still think he is one of the most freakishly talented players in the entire NBA. 
Um, I just feel like he has a little bit of the quote-unquote good stats, bad team stink to him now. And, um, that, I mean, he's he's been so good this year, but I'm like, that's gotten you an 11-9 record. How, what am I supposed to do with that? Right. Yeah, no, I mean, he's not going to... I don't think he could ever win a championship on his own. I don't. I yeah. think he needs a. I think he needs a, a Superman to his Batman. And he, the thing is, he's like if you if you just as I said, carve him a carve an NBA player out of clay. I mean, he's pretty much damn near close to what you would want. Like he can do everything. But for some reason, it's just I don't know whether it's heart or whatever. But like he just, I mean, he's not Dwight Howard where he's just a like an annoying bitch. But like. He's just he's a, he's a little bit of a you know like he can't be the main banana, right? Yeah, I don't think he has that that killer instinct, and and in the injury concerns are That's still there. One. For me. Like I just I, I don't know. I you never I never know if he's going to make it through a, a complete season. Yeah, and like I said, I mean the fact that you literally blocked everything within a ten mile radius in college, and you're like and Porzingis averages more blocks than you right now. Like it just it doesn't sit well with me. Like I'm like you you really should be averaging three blocks a game. He's How? not trying. Yeah, on that is what it tells me. Exactly. exactly. Like he should be averaging three blocks a game. Right. <laughs> I had Draymond at eleven. I have Draymond at twelve. So we're all very much on the same wave. So this there. is where my Kyrie um, hatred is kind of skewed in comparison. So yeah. I don't know. Draymond's Draymond. Exactly. I, I, I was saying, don't even bother looking at the numbers. You just have to look at the fact There's that no he's, numbers. he's just he's just an animal. He's just Draymond. He reminds me a little bit, kind of like um, I think it was 2008, the year after the Celtics won the title, and Kevin Garnett's like, "We're not coasting, and you're not coming into my house, and you're not taking the belt from me. Like, you're going to get our best every night, even if everyone else is still kind of hungover from winning the title last year." Like, he kind of reminds, he brings that brings that mentality to the Warriors, in my opinion. So he does, does but I think he's not bringing it as much this year. Fair. I think he's toned it down a little bit. I still think but he has that capabilities in him. Yeah. Oh, he still has his. He's still a dickhead. Yep. <laughs> I mean, interesting wrinkle. He's been shooting over thirty thirty seven percent from three in November. Like so, he's been shooting really well in comparison to Draymond standards, which is usually like twenty nine percent. Right. Yeah. He's one of those guys where you're like, yeah, keep shooting him, and then there's that one game where he just can't miss. Yep. But the rest of the time, you're like, go for it, keep hitting, keep going for it, Draymond. So. I had we're at thirteen at, right now. Yeah. Well, at twelve, I had oh, sorry. clay. But you have clay. I have clay much further down the list. Yeah, I just so so my twelve thirteen was clay and Kyrie, and it was just for the simple fact that if if I personally was running a team, I'd rather have Clay Thompson than Kyrie Irving because I hate Kyrie Irving that much. No, and Clay is just so silky smooth. No hate on that. And he's a lockdown defender. Yep. So that's that's why I kind of have – see, this is where it gets real dicey is, yep. is in this um, – from here on out, it's it's all debatable. Because it's very there's, debatable. There's – nothing else is clear cut. Like the first five to six guys, it was like, okay, yeah, we all kind of know who this is. Or even the top ten, you're like, we know who this is. But from here on out, I – There's a lot like, of different ways you, you could go. 
I, I don't. I'm not even comfortable with the next guy I have. So, so you like, are you at thirteen? Yeah. So thirteen, I had Kyrie. Okay. Twelve, I had Clay, and then at fourteen, I'm not terribly confident in this one, but I had Paul George. Wow. So we differ wildly there. So I wrapping up. So I got Russie at ten. I got Anthony Davis at eleven. I got Draymond at twelve. I got Joel Embiid at thirteen. See, the only reason I didn't, I have him lower, is just because I'm, I have no confidence in him playing a full season, and I have zero confidence in the 76ers training staff. He's he. Uh, my notes are. A little he's bit, nasty he's, when he plays. Exactly. He's also been pretty. Like I think he has a streak of where he's played a lot of minutes over. The, let me pull it up because my. No, it seemed to gotten my copy and paste have, has gotten a little screwed up. He's played like thirty plus minutes for quite some time. Like he's he had that one game where he was really pissed off that he had less than um, thirty minutes, or he, he had a DNP because they wanted to rest him. But yes, yeah, since November seventh, he's played less than thirty minutes, like twice. Like he's playing thirty minutes at least every single game. He's you know he's on the floor, and even then, like if you look at his stats, so. He's putting up his stats given the fact that he's not playing more than like 30. He's averaging third, just under 31 minutes a game. So if you look at his per 48, I think he's like fifth in the NBA in scoring. Eighth in the NBA, sorry. Eighth in the NBA, ninth per 48 minutes. And then he's tied for fourth per 48 minutes and rebounds as well. Um, he's uh, – I and then, you know, the, the obvious game, the 46-point outburst, that was ridiculous. But um, – yeah. I also love the fact that he's kind of also the villain there. Like, he enjoys being the guy who's going to go poke them, but then he also kind of backs it all up. All right, guys. I wanted to take a quick break from the podcast to give a shout out to one of our new sponsors, and that's Advantage Media Solutions. Now, whether you're a startup business or an already established company or organization or charity, or just an individual looking for some public relations assistance, Advantage Media Solutions offers what you're looking for. Their team offers unparalleled creative solutions for all their clients, and they're determined to see every job through to its success. They handle marketing and advertising needs like strategy, mobile marketing, email marketing, SEO, and social media, as well as PR needs like press releases, talent booking, image consulting, and image repair, and so much more. Advantage Media Solutions considers every client a partner, and your success equals their success. They take a personal interest in making sure each and every one of their partners works together well with them, and they form a unique team and family by working with you. So make sure you be a part of that AMS family by visiting www.advantagemediasolutions.com or just simply emailing theadvantagemediasolutions at gmail.com. And now, back to the podcast. Yeah. Yeah, he's... the only reason, as I said, the only reason I had him lower is because of the health concerns. No disagreement. Uh, can't, as you said, everything's de- it's very debatable, and I can completely concede that. Um, this might seem like, like I didn't think this very much through very much, but just based off doing my pure rankings, I have Ben Simmons at fourteen. But you could talk me into the number fifteen guy flip flopping. We'll get to in a second with him. Who's your fifteen? Uh, fifteen is see, Andre I, Drummond for me. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. All right. We and I'm no fan big. of the Detroit Pistons. So I didn't even have Simmons in my top 20. No way. Yeah. So this is where I'm kind of like, man, did I mess this up? Because oh, it's, I, it's I potato, just, potato here. Again, I'm like, 
I need to see a little bit more out of them, and I need again the the seventy sixers the 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 organization just scares the crap out of me. Oh yeah. What's what's happened with Embiid? What's happened with Simmons? And the crap that's gone on with Fultz? I just have no confidence in them being able to train and keep a player healthy. They they just seem lost in that aspect. So if he just has some little minor thing could just balloon into something larger than it needs to be because they're a bunch of uh, retards humping a doorknob. Yeah. So that's why I kind of, and he's still a rookie. Like I'm like, and he can't, he can't, he, he gets hacked. He gets hacked at the end of games, you know, and because he can't make free throws. So I'm, I'm like, I just couldn't couldn't quite have him up there. So like you were talking about your prototype or the guy, the type of player you like in Clay Thompson. Mine has always been like the re- unseemingly tall point guard. So I have a bias towards a player of Ben Simmons skill set. Like I love what he brings to the table. That's kind of like what I would want on my team. Um, he, he he leads a league and passes out from like passes originating from the paint out to three point shooters. He leads a league in that uh, he's fourth in the NBA in total passes to shooters only behind Westbrook, LeBron and Harden. He leads all the rookies right now. Like we're all talking about, like, Oh, this is the greatest rookie class ever. And there's Fultz and there's ball and there's Fox and there's all those guys. He leads all rookies in scoring, rebounding and assists. Um, and I, I think the thing that I really like about none of those guys even touch him. Not close. I'm sorry. They're all, they're all a bunch of bums in comparison to, to Simmons right now. It, we, we talked about this over email a little bit. I love the fact that a few years ago, Brandon Ingram versus Ben Simmons was a debate. Like we all knew, but it's one of those things that we just, we talked about and talked about and talked about it so much that we kind of convinced ourselves that no, maybe Brandon Ingram is better. Like if you tell anyone that now, it's a hilarious joke. Like Brandon Ingram Which, fucking sucks. My whole thing was just look at Brandon Ingram. Like he's yeah. freaking toothpick. I'm like, I no. He made Tayshaun no. Prince look fat. <laughs> he makes Otto Porter look fat. Yeah. Right, and it's like you know, get that guy a hamburger. Like, I, it was just one of those things. Like Simmons was on a bad team in a bad situation at LSU, but, but those skills don't go away. Maybe the motivation does, but like he reminds me, and I don't want to use this comparison because it seems like really hyperbolic. But like he has a little bit of that Tim Duncan. I don't really care about the spotlight. Like I kind of just want to mind my own business. I see that and go yeah. home and play video games. Like I really don't care about like you know appearing in. 12 different commercials and that's why I, I, I'm, I but that's why him and Embiid fit so well together exactly it's such a beautiful odd couple together and it works so which, well which frustrates the hell out of me because the Sixers are going to be they their future is way brighter right now every single time someone slanders Sam Hinkie a little part of me dies when you talk about Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons every single time I don't care what anyone says Sam Hinkie did it right I'll, I'll he fight, did it right and then I'll and fight then, a tooth and nail I was thinking about that earlier today because I thought about the draft and the trade where they traded it up. I'm like, there's no way Hinky would have made that trade. Hinky would have told the Celtics, oh, you want to move down? How about you just take your guy, number one, and we'll get our guy, number three, and we'll keep that Lakers or Sacramento pick. We're good. The Colangelos are such NBA like pets. Like, They're they- just big douchebags. They went, oh, we can get the number one pick. We got to do this. Exactly. Totally. Just stooges. They're just like they're just cronies. That's all they are. Um, yeah, they were. They probably made that that decision while they were sailing on their yacht. Oh, fucking... <laughs> um, so Drummond at fifteen. Here's my logic about this. 
He's an animal. He's got what I don't know whether he went to Europe and found or whether he went on an eat, pray, love tour or something in the off season. But he finally found a heart. Like he has all the talent in the world. He just he was he was another bitch. He just didn't care. He's he's shooting. If nothing else, he's shooting sixty two percent free throws compared to like forty percent last year. He was shooting over seventy. Right. He's he slightly sh- come back down to earth. Where he's he's not a liability. He actually took a weakness. And worked on it. He's just doing everything better. And I know Avery Bradley. Avery Bradley's probably, if, you, if there was a free agent acquisition of the award, uh, or a free agent acquisition of the year award, it should probably go to Avery Bradley. Like, that was a big infusion there. But, like, what Drummond is doing in the paint is really, really kind of helping everything else flow. And he had a 2020 point, 2020 against Boston the other night, helping snap the streak, I think it was. Like, there's nothing more you could ask from him. He's doing exactly what you need from him. And they're running the offense through him. Exactly. And we, we, he goes into the high post and then he's dishing, he's handing off, he's he's setting picks, he's doing everything and then he's playing his typical great defense. He's getting tons of boards and he's not a liability on the offensive end where you just foul him. He's making teams pay. Yeah. I, yeah, he he's I didn't see that one coming at all though. No, no, you could have given me a thousand was, guesses I thought and Drummond would have been on him. Yep, I'm totally with you. I thought he was part of this, you know, big men in the NBA are dead. Nobody needs him anymore. You're a dying breed. You're a dinosaur. Get the heck out of the league. And it's like, oh, crap, no. he's. This is still a very valuable piece. Yeah, he doesn't have to be the seven-foot Swiss Army knife. Like, he just he's an old-school paint guy, and it's working very well, I might add. Yeah, so, so I had... Paul George at 14. Yep. And at 15, this again, you know, I can kick myself on every one of these things, and I just couldn't leave him off, even though, as you said, he kind of is inconsistent. It was the big cat. I, I just couldn't. I just. I have him a lot further so, down. He has so much talent. He can I know. do so much. He just. But talent just gets coaches fired. That's that's my. Uh, he, I, I have no disagreement in terms of the talent. He's just so good. Yeah. So I, I, that's why I had him at, at 15. I have him pretty startling down the list. I'll get there pretty far down the list, surprisingly. I kind of, I don't know, I've almost, I think, I think we anointed him so early that I kind of, like, I'm jaded against him. I get really annoyed when, like, we anoint players way too early, and then they're like, oh, just kidding. Like his second game? Say it again? Like after his second game, because yeah. that's about when Carl Anthony he, Towns was anointed. His, but his, his he, Simmons, like, we did it at, t- at ten games. Yeah, and I'm, like I said, I'm biased there, but I, I don't know. Simmons looks fantastic. He, it's not just like we're saying, like, oh, he's scoring and he's doing this, and he's you know he's got to prove it for a couple of years, and he's got to continue to progress. So yeah, the anointing oil is is fully out with Ben Simmons. We're lubing him up with that. Um, I, I just felt like every year, like. Towns would do his thing, be really, really good over the course of the year, then have like a month or two at the end of the year where he's really great, and you're like, oh, it's going to pour in next season. And he did it again, and it's a little bit of a, a, a year after, and I'm like, fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me type of thing. Um, but again, November, it's preseason. Oh, totally. We're still in preseason. Yeah. So, But I do think that Minnesota does kind of suck still. I think th- There's it, something wrong there. There's something so wrong there, and it's like – it's just one of those things you're like, you add one plus two plus three and you're getting two out of it. Right. 
I mean, they should they should add up to the fifth seed in the West. Yeah, but they're not. Neil and I were talking about fifty games again this year. You know, I think we both had them at four or five in the West, and you were the one well, like, now. My dumbass had the Clippers at five. Yeah, that was perfect. So that was awesome. oh my god. So my sixteen yeah, number was, sixteen is going to probably be a little of an eyebrow raiser, but. I, you know, looking or in juxtaposing him against everyone else, I was rather comfortable with putting him there. LaMarcus Aldridge. Whoa! Yeah. The Spurs without Kawhi Leonard and Tony Parker are 13 and 7. Yeah. No, he's been excellent. He's been and fantastic. They've actually, well, but, the, but Pops actually kind of said, he, you know, he, he worked with Aldridge over the summer and went, all right, come on, what are some things that we can do to make this work better? And they're kind of tweaking their offense towards him so that he does fit better and he's definitely responded very well that's my big caveat with him is that there's no one else on the team and lamarcus is kind of another one of those guys where he wants to play in a scenario where he's the guy and he really doesn't care about if he's surrounded by a bunch of bums as long as he gets his stats and what happens when Kawhi's back i don't think lamarcus plays well with others um yeah but Kawhi can work in with him because Kawhi's so freaking awesome. He can work in with anybody. I don't think it's a matter of can Kawhi work in. I think Kawhi can work in with anyone, just like you said. I completely agree with that. I just don't think LaMarcus likes sharing the spotlight. Like Dame Lillard wasn't a guy who was like it. Was, this wasn't Steph and KG, where like Steph was just you know, or Steph and Stephon Marbury rather. Like this wasn't Starbury and KG, where like you know, one player was the franchise, but another player thought he was like. Dame was perfectly fine with like I'm just gonna do my Dame Lillard thing and do my own and you know and and whatever and just Lamarcus Aldridge got jealous because everyone was starting to pay attention to him and I kind of feel like that permeates in his game when Le- everyone's there and everyone's like Kawhi is amazing because Kawhi is amazing and like I don't know if that gets him I, I just be, could be playing amateur psychologist and all of this but yeah I didn't yeah I did not have Aldridge in my radar there yeah. I went with the homerific pick. I was very careful about being a homer, and I tried to be I as pragmatic as possible. So super which homerific. I had to go with Johnny. You went with Wall. I did, even though he's not playing that. He has not played his best. He's he's actually been quite terrible this season. Wall's not in my top twenty-five. But they're so, they're just totally different without him. Yeah. Yeah. That. I, and and that's what this little stretch has reminded me. It's like they are just not the same team without him. It's much dirtier. It's not as fun. There's talent. There's Otto. There's Blake. Uh, Blake. There's um Beal. Beal. Thank you. Too much football in the mind. And then there's uh Ubre. Like yeah, but it's just it's just not the same. Yeah. Like so so Beal has taken on the role as the playmaker since Wall's been out, and, and he's he's done a fairly good job but he's still not like like, no i need a basket john wall go to the basket and put it in the hoop and he just he crashes the and he either gets fouled and actually gets the call he's starting to get the calls now nowadays or he actually does get to the basket and it goes in like you can just count on him making something happen or he kicks it out or he does something or he flips it to gortat i he just he can just do so much and then on the defensive end he still disappoints me because i think that he should be the best defensive point guard in the nba and i think he just kind of he just plays with guys yep 
and he just kind of lets them go by and waits, and then he goes for that show off from behind block. Yep. And I'm like, you should be attacking them and getting that steal early. Well, it could be and first team all where, defense and point guard every year if he wanted to, if he really wanted to. If and I thought he would this year because Kobe Bryant sent out some tweet saying, "Hey, you should be first. And he's like, "Challenge accepted" or some garbage like that. And I thought he would actually pick it up. And all he's really done is he's gone for he's just continued to go for the highlight blocks. Yeah. Where I think he should be just a massive pickpocket. I always said he could be a much better on ball defender than Rondo. He reminded me a lot of Rondo's skill set, Rondo in his prime. And uh, I thought he could do the same thing, but better because he's taller. And I agree totally with your sentiment. Like he's just disappointing. Like that part of him will never fully blossom. Um, even though, yeah, he has all the talent in the world to, to be that type of player. I completely agree. He's, but he's still not in my top twenty-five. Just because I think that I don't know if the knee was bothering him entering the year, but that bulky knee kind of just took sapped him a little bit. And I think his standard of comparison from last season is so high that like the 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 comparison, I guess, if you want to call it that way, between what, how he played last year and how he played this year is just it's it seems bigger than it really is. Or the difference no, I, seems larger. I, my concern is because what are what, they're doing like the plasma phoresis injections in his knees? Like that's where we're at. Yep. I'm like, oh, that's, that's never a good thing. That's that's not good in December or November, December time frame to be doing that. That's a total stopgap. Yep. And so how much is this going to really bother him all year? But I still, I, I just had to, he, he's so important to the team. He's so freaking good. I had to have him. So you have, that's your 15 and 16, right? Yep. And then 17, I went with Embiid. 17, you went with Embiid. 17, even though I've never really been a big fan of this guy, I finally <laughs> had to give him his due, is Blake Griffin. I I have Blake slid further. Okay. Just um, for health factors. Yep, yeah, that's the biggest one I have. He's been really really good this season until the injury, which is the now he's of his out career two months for two months. Two months, and um, they're they're like, oh, thank God, we thought it was season ending. If I redid this list, I'd probably put my number eighteen guy ahead of him now that I'm thinking about. It. So eighteen, even though he's barely played at all this season, was Mike was Chris Paul. That's where Chris Paul landed for me. See, I, I didn't I didn't have Chris Paul in my top twenty. Uh-huh. I don't I don't know why I just I'm over him. Yeah, just over him. So I don't know why. Here's my thing with the, the with CP3 in the lineup. The Rockets are five and zero. They average those wins by almost nineteen points. And so you're like, oh well, Chris Paul only had I think four and six points in his last two games. I think as of Monday evening, but he had fourteen and thirteen assists in those games. So it's like it's still it's kind of like what we're talking about with Oklahoma City that I think he's finding his role. But if he's playing alongside Harden, even though a lot of us were very very skeptical of how that would work, it's working at some level. I mean, clearly the Rockets are winning, so that's working. As I but, said, the advantage of Chris Paul and Harden is you can have one or the other. Or both on the court at the same time. Yeah. And that is a very that. great pairing. Yeah. Um, going back to Blake, I, I think the big reason I put him there, again, I've never been a big Blake guy. Like, it just, for whatever reason, not my flavor of vodka. Um, but I feel like he was the glue holding together a really bad team. Like, keeping them semi competitive. Like, they were under 500, but like, the fact that they weren't, you know, Sacramento was because of Blake Griffin. And I think now that he's gone, this could be a, like a legit tanking team. 
Yeah, I, I, I kind of anticipate that they're going to be selling parts off here very shortly. Really, the only movable part is DeAndre Jordan. Yeah. If they want the to really, is, really tank, they should play Austin Rivers more minutes. Well, he's going to get more minutes. Of course he uh, is. Uh, Patrick Beverly's done for the year. So they got to give somebody point guard minutes. Yeah. That's that was sad. I really wanted some more Patrick Beverly just tormenting Lonzo Ball. That was fun. That oh was fun. Oh my god, that's like I was looking forward to everybody tormenting Lonzo Ball this year and nobody else has stepped up. I've been very disappointed except maybe Steph will tonight. Maybe. Maybe oh, he'll that just Oh, tonight. I forgot about that. Yeah, it starts uh, in a couple minutes. Yeah. Hopefully he, he'll just Maybe that's the game where he drops like 12 three-pointers. That'd be beautiful. A- anytime the Lakers just get obliterated, it makes me happy. Yeah, I, I'm just happy that his dad's going to shut up now that his stupid-ass son didn't have enough money for Big Baller brand that he had to go steal stuff in China. <laughs> what an idiot. This happens all the time, though. I mean, it happens all the time. What was it, the, the, the Belk Bowl? Yeah, one one of our guys. Who was it? Uh, Jeremy Sprinkle. Yes. Yeah, Jeremy Sprinkle when he went and stole shit from Belk. Yeah. Who steals from Belk? <laughs> I don't That's know. That's like stealing from Sears. That's right. Sorry, it's more like stealing from Pennies, okay? Yeah, fair. Let's give right. them a little bit of credit. They think they're Macy's, but they're not quite. Were you stealing stuff from the Jessica Macy's. Simpson clothing line? Like, what, what, what compelled you to take <laughs> shit? Really? I don't know. I made that okay, up. Okay, I was going to say. Like, Jessica Simpson is like relevant and has a clothing line. I think she does. I don't know. Maybe at Belk she does. <laughs> exactly. I think she does at JC Penny. That's where it came to me. So I think I could be completely wrong about this. Um, did you say eighteen? Who you have? I had. I have uh, Marcus All. Gasol is also not in my top twenty-five, but I also think that's my that's my not bias, but I think that's the stench of Memphis' season in general, or Memphis firing our our friend Fizdale. That uh, that when, when he that. got fired, like I secretly went, can we uh, dump Scott Brooks for him? Yeah, I, like, I would do it. Isn't he better? And then I was reminded that um, Ted Leonsis is way too cheap to have to pay Scott Brooks and another coach. I was gonna say with three and a half more years left on that, Ted Leonsis is like, no, thank you. We yeah. will stink oh, with him. We're, we're gonna ride this one out. I love how but, there's already chatters from fans. They're like, are we sure Scott Brooks is a good coach? And we're like, no, we're not sure. We knew that no, from day one. We, we were never sure. Like when they yeah. signed him, we're like, couldn't you have, you know, maybe interviewed somebody else? Like literally, they, that was the only guy they interviewed. And I'm like, and they're like, we did our due diligence. I'm like, no, no, you didn't. You didn't talk to anybody else. That is the exact opposite of doing your due diligence. It's like when you're interviewing for a position and the first candidate comes in as a really hot woman and you're like, you're hired. That's fine, except Scott Brooks is not hot. I was going to say, what's wrong with that? Yeah. That's, yeah that fits my hiring practice. Yep. I had one. Oh. So, but I don't know. I just think, ah, Mark is all so good. You have large boobs? That's exactly what we needed at this job. You're hired. Sounds good to me. No, nothing wrong with that. I need some improved scenery at work. I saw your scenery at work, and I felt bad, and I was like, "Oh, oh god!" Now I know what John's bitching about. It, uh, it's it's bad when you like look forward to summers for for the interns coming in. Yeah. Um, 
in an ordinary world where like, you're actually re- ranking players based off of talent, this player would never be here. I feel like he just gets penalized for the situation he's in, quote-unquote. This is where Clay Thompson felt him for me. It, it's it's not because he's a bad basketball player by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, he's a max player, alpha player for the majority of teams, but I feel like he's just going to get – he's kind of lost in the um, in the shuffle of the rest of the Warriors. And That's it's not his fault. They literally have four guys in the top 20. Yeah. Four. Four. Is there uh, – there's no other oh, – okay, well, which is sad because New Orleans has two. New Orleans in has our two top in the top 10. 10. Yep. And nobody else. Nobody else has two in the top 10. I have two in the top 15 if you count the 76ers and the Warriors. Well, and then if you count Harden and CP3. Yeah, that will be my two in the top 20 for me. Yeah. Yeah, Clayfield. Yeah, that's not the same as four. No, it's four not the same clear as four. Cut. Four clear-cut guys. Undisputably. Undisputably. Literally, I think I could play center for them, and they'd be totally fine. You're not that much worse than Zaza. You're not. I'm better looking, that's for sure. Yeah, everyone is. <laughs> Damn it, you really devalued me there. <laughs> not to devalue him. My dog, my dog took a dump earlier, and I'm like, I'd rather have sex with that than Zaza Pajulia, so... Yeah. It's good that you'd rather fuck shit than uh, another male. Caveman. Yeah. He's not even a male. He's a caveman. Um, um, 19 on your end. I had to go with the Joker. I have, I have the Joker at 20. So not, not much different there. The only reason I put Gasol over the Joker is just cause Gasol is more experienced. Yep. And you know, he can be nasty in crunch time and the Joker still has a, he still has a little bit more to prove. So Magic Johnson was always one of my favorite basketball players of all time growing up just because of his ability to pass. Like I've always that's I, I've always loved the ability to creatively pass more than the ability to creatively score. Like that's just always been how I've enjoyed the game of basketball. So I'm biased towards Jokic as well. Um, I feel like at twenty I might have even a little high. And that's not to say he's a bad basketball player, but I feel like he's still kind of growing into his role and we're all tantalized by his talent. Um so why I put him over Gasol or why I gave him the nod over Gasol in general was because the two of them played against each other on last Friday and Jokic clearly outplayed him, but that's also a function of Memphis not playing well this year. Um, and then, to, then against, I think it was last night, Jokic absolutely stunk it up when he went against Rudy Gobert. So I feel like there's still a lot of ebb and flow with him. Um, he's 22 uh, and then with Paul Millsap out for three months after I think he broke his wrist or did something with his wrist, like I think we're going to find out a lot about is Jokic really an alpha guy or is he just kind of a fun center that does interesting things, but he's not really a building block type guy. I, I think he's a fun center, number two type guy. Yeah, I, I don't uh, that's think. my gut tells me as well. I'm sorry. For you to be a building block guy, I need I need an assassin. Yeah. And he's not an assassin. He he's just good. He's just, freaking good. Yeah, he does a lot of fun, good things. But yeah, I don't. He's not the cold blooded killer. To your point, if I'm building my team, I want games on the line, clocks running out. I want the ball in his hands, and yep. I know good things are going to happen. I just, I, I don't, I don't see that with him. But I don't know. So twenty, I had Drummond. Yeah, Andre Drummond. Okay. And I could be very much biased of the fact of how well the Pistons are playing this year. Not all solely because of him, but just the fact that he is, you know, so much more better than he was in previous years. 
And then 21, I put Blake. That's where you got Blake. So at 21, even though he's not quite up to his standards of like last year and stuff, at 21 I have my only volume score in the NBA that I really enjoy watching is Video Game Dame. See, 22, I just put Portland guard. Yeah. Because I, I think him and McCollum are kind of – aren't they interchangeable? I think Dame is a better – pure scorer i don't i again i hate hyperbolic comparisons but dame just reminds me a lot of like alan iverson that just just it's all scoring it's just he is a scoring savant he's a more entertaining version of kyrie irving to me but that's because of our terrible bias against kyrie irving um like that was my struggle when i had like wall at 16 i'm like i know i shouldn't have wall here i'm like really shouldn't i have like damian lillard here over wall but then I'm like, is Damian Lillard really the best guard on his team? Yeah, I think that argument's a little overblown. If you took Lillard off of the team versus you took McCollum off the team, I think there would be a bigger drop-off. I think McCollum is a really, really, really good, everything you'd want in a number two guy. But to your point, we were just saying earlier, games online, ice in his veins, Dame Lillard. Yeah. No, I, I still have Damian over... Little, uh, over McCollum, but it, it is close now. I think McCollum is number one in three-point shooters for guys who like, actually play starter minutes. Like He's the best starting player in three-point percentage in the NBA. So McCollum's a good shooter. No, no Not taking away. I, I'm a big CJ McCollum fan. I think he's a really, really good player. But And I, I hate volume scores. That's like my big bugaboo, but I love video game Dame. Like, I love Damian Lillard. I think he's just he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, and people are kind of crushing him, like, oh, he's not playing that well. And his numbers are down, but his defensive numbers are up. And more importantly, Portland's the fourth best team in the West right now. Like, they're in the top four. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, whatever. Um, number 22, number 23, I really, really struggled with because there's similar players. And then there's the against bias and the hometown bias. So 22 and 23 unfortunately I gave the slight edge to DeMar DeRozan and then Bradley Beal. Ooh. I'll give you that. Yeah. I didn't like it. I wasn't happy about it, but that's what I did. Yeah. I have DeRozan at, at 23. He's expanded his game. He actually can make three pointers. Now he terrifies me anytime. Like Kyle Lowry doesn't scare me. No, never did. He doesn't scare me. It's DeRozan. He yep. scares the crap out of me. Because even if his shot's not falling, he can get to the damn basket if he wants to. And he'll keep shooting, and eventually they stop. They start falling. Like it's not. He'll just keep building houses with all the bricks he's throwing up. Like it'll fall. And yeah, yeah, totally. Um, he was Player of the Week the week of Thanksgiving in November. They when Toronto went five and two. He was shooting almost at 60%, uh, you know, averaging about 27, 7, and 6 in the month of November. Or sorry, in that week, in the player of the week week. He was really good. Like, Beal's been playing really well this season. He's 25 points per game in November, and that's even after the stinker against Minnesota that he had. 46% from the field, 39 from three. Um, he's averaging almost seven three-point attempts per game in November. But it's, it's kind of like you said, like, he's good but he's not like go get me two points now right he should be though 
He should be, and he's he not. He should be automatic, but he has. He's he's shown us that he can't get it. He's not a number one guy. Like he's a very no. very firmly entrenched number two guy. But I think, as we've also discussed, is he is he really the second best or? This season, Third you best can make player legitimately make the case. Otto is playing out of control. Now, I don't know if he is doing the same thing like he was doing last year, but Otto's he's, looking he's, really good. He's hitting good. his threes. He's shooting 48%. Yeah, he's playing so well. And his posts, now granted, they don't give him the ball in the post, but when he's in the post, he's highly effective, and he's always the energy guy that just does what you need to. His... For his length, he should be a freaking amazing defender, but he's not quite. No. He's just kind of – he's average. Um, but against Minnesota, bef- prior to the Minnesota game, they completely forgot about him in giving him the ball in the fourth quarter. And then in the Minnesota game, they actually started feeding him, and he ended up hitting the game winner yep. or game clincher. Yep. And it's like, yeah, he's really freaking good. He's really good. So, uh, yeah, I, I kind of have, like, Washington's second best player as my 24. <laughs> whoever that is. Whoever that is. Because I can't decide between Beal and, and Porter. But then, then you start looking at the rest of the list, and I'm like, are Beal and Porter better than, like, Jimmy Butler? Are they better than Kemba? I couldn't put Jimmy Butler on the list. I No, I, not this year. He's, no, I couldn't. Terrible. No, that that was again. It's one of those things where, for but some like reason, those ingredients were this not year. Together. It wouldn't have you. You absolutely would. Have, oh, you would have had Jimmy Butler in top the top 15. fifteen. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just for some reason he has a really bad stink on him. Yeah, I, I and, don't know what. And it I is. think that'll change. So it'll be interesting to see how this list changes throughout the season. Because again, oh, yeah. I mean, this is a really early look. But yeah, I, I don't know. It's more homerism, you know. I like. Beal and Beal and Porter, they're just playing really well. They are. The rest of the team might not look like it in from the standings and the stats, but yes, they're playing really, really well. And then there's other guys like Al Horford that I just can't, I just can't acknowledge him. Nope. I Al Horford is dead to me. His name is Mud. Yeah, and and Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert was my hardest omission off this list. I'll, I'll admit <laughs> he, that. He he should be way higher. He just. Again, you got to be on the court. You can't make the club in the tub. That baby. was exactly what it was. If he wasn't injured, he probably would have snuck into my top twenty-five. But can't make the club in tub. Um, I have Carl Anthony Towns at twenty-four, and I am fully ready to admit I'm kind of I'm, I'm about to sell I'm about to sell my real estate on Carl Anthony Towns Island, um, if as it were. Like I, I can't have the guy who's I supposed that was more of like a peninsula. Yeah, there's like a lot that. of people on that. Um, I can't have my best guy or like my franchise NBA building block number one guy score less than 20 points. So he scored less than 20 points in nine of his last 14 games. And he averages over 35 minutes a game. So he's had less than 20 points in nine of 14 games. Less Do they 20. just have the problem that they just don't know who is the guy there? It runs into an issue, what I was saying earlier, that when you bring in a Teague and you bring in a Butler, there's too many mouths to feed. And you have Wiggins still. And you got Wiggins, who is a chucker. So, I mean, and then there's too many, like, he, like, I think they did something where, like, Towns, I think it's Teague and Towns are, like, the best duo in the NBA on pick-and-roll defense. 
But there's just something when you watch Towns, like he, the lights are on, but no one's home when it comes on when it comes to his defense. Like he shouldn't be as bad as he is on defense. And there's been a lot of great stuff written. They're like, he's good, but he makes way too many mistakes on defense to be like, oh, this guy's a franchise building block. And like right. that's kind and, of. And what you have a defensive me. coach that you would have thought had would have like immediately fixed this, and it still persists. I mean, he should be like a modern day like freakishly athletic Theo Ratliff at this point. And like he just, it, it's not there. Like it's just not there for him. And I, I, I get really frustrated when we talk about like, oh, towns, towns, towns. And I'm like do something meaningful before we start calling you next, the next great thing outside of like six weeks at the end of the season where you're going to kind of cock tease everyone. Right. Yeah. I'm, I'm about to sell my real estate on there. I've even hired a listing agent and we're just doing competitive market analyses at the moment. So good luck with that. I hope you get your asking price. I hope so too. I Um, I think you, (laughs) and finally rounding out my top. Oh, sorry. Who's you had at 24. So, so that was my poo-poo platter of uh, Wizards oh, right. second best banana. Yep. And the 25, my list ends uh, on Paul George. Yeah. Yeah, that I, I think that's where I have to put him as well. I just He had like a couple of nice bright spots, but I think as we've talked about when we were talking about Russie, like it's, it's just a fit. Like it's just, yeah. it's like they're not there yet. As I said, they're totally going to figure it out just because even if they don't work well together, they can work so well separate that, I mean, can you imagine the Wizards' second unit going against Chris Paul and just anybody on the the (laughs) Rockets bench? Like, they'll get obliterated. Yeah. And they can do that to almost anybody. The only team they can't do that to is Golden State because Golden State can do the same thing. They can be like, all right, well, we're going to rest uh, Durant a little early right. and we he's going to start our second unit. Or we'll rest Clay early and he'll yeah. start our second unit. And we'll sneak one of these other guys in here too. And we still have Iguodala and Livingston. God, what a freak show of a team. That's just ridiculous. And Ricky. I was. I was listening to Simmons had uh, Steve Kerr on and he was talking about how much he loves Nick Young. I'm like, no, no, nobody can love Nick Young. (laughs) It's not possible. Like you should hate him. He's such a knucklehead. He's like, like, he's so much fun. He's always smiling. I go, of course he's always smiling. He's sitting there. knows knows he's going to get a ring. He's getting paid to play basketball. He's going to get a ring. And all he has to do is sit in the corner and hit an open three. And he's probably high as a kite. So that's probably funny to him as well. Yeah. I'm sure he's got some side tail that's not far away from him. Not far at all. Yeah, toughest omission from the top 25 for me was going to be, uh, as I mentioned, it was Rudy Gobert just because of the injury. I didn't right. really have, like, I-, I was pretty comfortable, love him to death, favorite player in the NBA, but I was pretty comfortable not putting John Wall in the top 25, um, just not this season. Last season, this is not even a debate, he's in the top 15, but just it's not there this year. And I'm completely fine with the Kemba Walkers and, and Al Horford's of the world not even being honorable mentions. But what what <clears throat> makes this less interesting is that they were so, they were so close. Yeah, you yeah, know they were, they were in the conversation. Like, like the whole basically from ten to thirty, it's like I don't know. You could pick anybody. You well, could. all right, fifteen to thirty. We'll say fifteen to thirty. You could be like. Any one of these guys, any one of these spots, you can make a, an argument and, and, and honestly defend it. You couldn't defend Jim Butler. All right. 
could defend him at like 25. Maybe. Like Mike Conley's another hard one like to, to leave off the list. Like Mike Conley's just He's always hurt. He yeah. gets paid was it 30 30 million. 30 million. I thought it was it's, more than. It might be actually. I thought it was like 34 million or whatever. He gets paid at the time they signed the contract. It was the most lucrative contract in the NBA and he doesn't play. He's not that like he's not better than John Wall. I don't think he's better than Kyle Lowry. No, uh, I, I would have that. I have a long debate about that. He's not better. All right, fine. He's not better than Lillard. No. He's not better than Chris Paul. He's no. <laughs> there's there's a there's a huge list of players you can say he's not better than, and yet he got paid so much money just because of timing. According to SpotTrack.com, his base salary is twenty eight point five three million this year. That makes him the seventh highest paid player in the league. Man, I thought it was way higher than yeah, that. I thought it was higher than that, too. You know who's the third high? This is base salary. This is just base salary. Third highest paid player in the league, according to base salary, is Paul Millsap. Wouldn't yeah, I guess that? Right. That's not right. <laughs> that, so. should, that should not be the case. No. Good for him, though. Yeah, good on him. Keep cashing them checks, babe. All righty. So wrapping that up, that was a good exercise. We try to do it again later in the season, see how much it changed from there. But I... I I don't think the top 10 changes. No, no, I don't think so. But I definitely think from 13 on will we'll definitely be in flux. And hopefully it's it, it will be Wall elevating to the top 15 by the end of the season. That's what I'm hoping for. That's all. I mean, I think 8 through 15 is musical chairs unless someone like a Wall or something like that, you know, they come back and then they start tearing shit up, which we can only hope for from a Wizards fan perspective. To that end, uh, if you've made it through this far of the podcast, thank you so much for listening. As I implore you every single time at the end, if you haven't done so already, please make sure you follow us on SoundCloud. Leave us some feedback on iTunes if you're listening that way. Um, we'll be sure to be doing a, another NBA podcast where we can have bring Neil back into the fold so we can make lots and lots of fun of the Bulls because I kind of missed that this, in this episode. Um, apparently Bobby Portis and, and Nikola Miritich are best friends now. So like we have to talk about that. Like that's going to work out. I, I don't think they're best friends. I, I just think they kissed and made up and yeah. um, Miritich kissed the ring or something. I don't know what he did. I kind of feel like they exchanged like friendship bracelets and now they're fine again. Um, because that's what I see how long that lasts. Yeah. So thank you again very much for listening and we will talk to you later. Thank you for listening to the hail to the district podcast. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or wherever you download your podcasts.